What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we want to remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. All right, you all ready? So Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, say, I'm ready. I'm really, really ready. So we're going to be talking about sticky love. Sticky. Everybody say sticky. Some of y'all are wondering, what is he talking about? And what is he carrying in his hand when he walked on the stage? Just listen, just wait. Just wait, just wait. Matthew 22, 36. Let me give you the background. So when Jesus was physically on the earth, uh, he was beginning to give wisdom. And then the religious leaders of the day began to test him. They wanted to trip him up. Um, they wanted to see if he really knew his doctrine. How many of y'all know it's important to know your Bible? Oh, come on. How many of y'all know it's, it's important to know your Bible for yourself? I got a word for you. An unlearned believer is no match for a learned skeptic. You have to know your scripture for yourself. You have to know it for yourself. I'm challenging you. You need to know your Bible. And even Jesus knew the, 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 the doctrine he was about to give. So they're testing him. So then Jesus, in verse 36, it says this, and they're testing him. Teacher, they're talking about Jesus. Jesus, excuse me. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Notice they asked Jesus a question, and then he answered. It says, and he replied. Jesus replied to him, you shall love the Lord with all your heart. Everybody say, all your heart. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and in all your mind. You shall, I'm sorry, uh, this is the first and greatest commandment. Everybody say first and greatest. greatest. Y'all getting it. All right, second part. The second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor. Everybody say neighbor. neighbor. As yourself. Now, we talk about this word love. Jesus used the word love twice in those two scriptures. All right. And, and I love what the scripture says. It says, that is unselfishly seeking the best or highest good for others. You all see that? I love the Amplified. It says, once again, that is unselfishly seek the best and highest good for others. And that word love there is translated from the word agapio, right? So he's talking about the God kind of love. And before we get into talking about um, relationships, especially related to marriage, it's important, according to Jesus, that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. But notice the order. The order at first was to love God. Some of us are trying to love others before we come into revelation how much God loves us. I cannot give out what I have not first attained. You cannot give out what you haven't first attained. How can I love my neighbor, my sister, my spouse, if I haven't first understood how much God loves me? I believe in this room right now. I'm surrounded by people who want to do, who, who don't just want to get by on life, right? How many of y'all want to be mediocre? I didn't think I was getting my to raise your hand. I believe I'm in a room with people who want to be excellent in everything that we do. 
I believe I'm in the room. I believe people are watching online right now who want to go above and beyond. When the girls were little, when they were in um, their classes and some of their early um, elementary classes, their teacher would talk about going above and beyond in every assignment. I believe there are people in the room who want to go above and beyond in their knowledge of God. And not just knowledge of God, but we want to go above and beyond in what we experience with God. I like to put it this way. If Jesus died for it, I want it. If he died for it, I want it. If he took stripes for it, I can have it. Any people who want to excel in the room today? Listen to what it says. Notice that the creator of all mankind is telling us, love God first. Love me first with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then you'll be able to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I have a great example of this. Um, in 19, no, in 2008, my wife and I, we moved back to Georgia from Tulsa. And so we lived in Tulsa, um, and we decided that I would drive the U-Haul truck. We rented the biggest U-Haul truck we could rent. When, we got, when we were, it was time for us to move back, we were in Tulsa for seminary. And so I had a U-Haul truck, and then behind the U-Haul truck, I was towing one of our cars, and that drive from Tulsa, from Tulsa to Atlanta, it's 12 hours in a regular car. It's 14, 15 hours with a U-Haul truck. And on the way back, somewhere around Bessemer, one of the tires on the uh, trailer blew out. So on the drive back, I had to pull over and call U-Haul, whichever company I, I rented, for them to come and change the tire. How many of y'all know it, it, they did not come in five minutes in Bessemer, Alabama? So while we were in Tulsa, I actually came to Atlanta on business. I found a house for us to rent. Um, I did not know any neighbors in the neighborhood. And so we went back, we looked at the pictures online, we, we drew up a contract, and we were renting this house. And so I'm driving from Atlanta to, from Tulsa, excuse me, to Atlanta. Actually, we live in Ackworth by myself. There's only me. So then I got delayed in Bessemer. They finally changed the tire. Of course, I did not rent a hotel room because we are frugal with money. You need to be frugal with your money as well. Um, come to Financial Peace, learn more about that. <laughs> and so we were frugal with money. So by, by the time I got to the house in Ackworth, it probably had been a 16 or 17-hour drive. My cell phone was dead. I had friends coming to meet me in the morning to help me move the stuff in. But I needed to make a phone call. Now, mind you, the part of the, the, the cul-de-sac I live in, everybody is not like me. But I needed power to charge my cell phone. I needed to make a phone call. I actually went to my neighbor's house, the one on the right. Her name is Christy. And I said, Christy, I didn't, I didn't know her name at the time. I knocked on the door. She peeped out. <laughs> now, right there, some of us would have closed it back. <laughs> I said, ma'am, we're moving in next door. I, I need some power to charge my cell phone. She said, come on in. Come on in. You can use my power. Now, I was nervous coming in because I did not, she did not know me, nor did I know her. How many of y'all would have let a stranger into your house to use your power to charge your cell phone, their cell phone and her, her husband was not home? 
I would not even want Carol to do that. If I'm not home, don't let some dude in your house. Just being honest. But that's an example of loving your neighbor as you love yourself. She did not know me from Adam. I could have been some crazy dude. I am kind of crazy. But I'm not that kind of crazy. But that was an example. I needed power. She could have said, sit on the porch. Here's an outlet right here. And then when you're done, get off my porch. But no, she welcomed me in her home. Actually, at some point, I, I called my best friend. I was like, I know I'm in the suburbs now, brother, because I knocked on the door and she let me in. <laughs> we are commanded by God in Matthew chapter 22 to love our neighbors as we love <laughs> ourselves. Yeah, I, I need to keep growing in that area. Anybody else need to grow in that area like me? All right, so let's, let's do this. Let's go ahead and go over to Ephesians chapter 31. Let's get into what we're going to talk about today. And so when we're thinking about relationships, once again, the first and highest commandment that Jesus said is for us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Um, And so Jesus is talking about the God kind of love. And one thing I want to mention when we're talking about the God kind of love is this. The definition that I I pulled down from from the website, it says this. Mm, Where is my definition? Here we go. It says that this kind of love is is a type of love that connects people. It joins us together. It's the God kind of love. And we're going to read here in in Ephesians chapter 31. All right, you all ready? Once again, make sure you use your devices. I want you to see it in your scripture, in your own device. Matthew 31 from 531 from Amplified says this. For this reason, a man, any man in here, let me hear you say, who are? All right, men, represent, represent. All right. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined. Everybody say, linked up. up. All right. (laughs) That's not what that word says there. But it says joined. I I just want to make sure y'all are alive and awake and alert. Shall be joined and be faithfully devoted to any woman. His wife shall be faithfully devoted to his wife. His wife. Everybody say his wife. wife. I would expect all the women to be like, that's right, Pastor, his wife. That's right, Minister George, his wife. No other. All right. (laughs) Actually, Paul was quoting the original text. Go with with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 24 says this, for this reason, and by the way, in Genesis chapter 2, what we're reading here is, in Genesis 1, God recreates the heavens and the earth. And then in Genesis 2, God creates man, and then God looks down and God says, it's not good that man will be alone or lonely. And then God creates woman. And then think about this. I'm going to read the scripture, and I'm going to give you this, this revelation here. For this reason, a man shall leave, everybody say leave again, his father and his mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. All right. Just a little bit of, of, of the Bible is one of the most mysterious books to me. Because when God said this, who in the heck was Adam's and Eve's parents? Why would God say there to, to do this? 
I, lo- I love to find us in Scripture. God's prophesying about us. He's prophesying about you and you and you. Even in Genesis chapter 2 because he did not, they did not have physical parents. But God is looking through time and he's saying, yes, you shall leave your father and your mother and be joined. And, and notice the word, we've highlighted the word joined because it's so important because joined means to be linked, connected. The, the Greek word there is P-R-O-S. I can't pronounce it. I have a Texas education. No, just playing. Proskalio. And it means to glue. To glue. To be stuck to. The King James says to cleave. Now, before I get too much down to the married part, I want to speak to our singles right now because before I decide to, to, to join myself with someone, I need to be looking for some indicators about this person's life. I need to be looking at some indicators about this person's life before I decide to join myself with them. I'm going to say it one more time because I, I don't know if I'm getting some amens. I need to look at some indicators about their life. So, we cannot read someone's heart, but we can look at some indicators. I'll, I'll go from the female side first. How can he take care of you No, no, let me say it a different way. When he picks you up for the date, how clean is his car? I mean, that's what Johnny said. Does he he have, whose car are you riding in? Go through the glove compartment and see if his mom's name is on the title. Just playing, just playing. Don't go to somebody. That was a joke. J-O-K-E. Don't do that. All right. Honestly, though, if you're single with children, it's a key point. If he has children or if she has children, how well are they taking care of their kids? Indicators. Are they, are they close to their nieces and nephews? These are good indicators to let you know that they are or are not ready. Of course, the number one indicator is do they love God? You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Not you, too. No. Indicators. <laughs> Minister Dye is preaching over here. Do they have a job? A J-O-B. Yes. <laughs> Are they changing jobs? Now, I, I talk about the female side, but this goes for the male side as well. Is she changing jobs every month? Indicators that they may not be ready yet. Can I give you a secret? We are a blended family. And whatever I'm willing to compromise with while I'm dating, I'm going to have to compromise that same area when I'm married. Fact. If you're not cool with it while you're dating, really can you bring it up while you're married because you knew that or you should have known that while you were dating. Just being honest. Indicators. Before I, I join myself with someone, I need to be looking at some indicators. Right? Y'all listening? Good so far? All right, let's keep going. So, Ephesians 2.24, I'll start from the beginning. I'm sorry. Genesis 2.24, amplified. I'll say it one more time. 
2.24, once again, Jesus is pro- God, is pro- God the Father is prophesying about us. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to, proskaleo, to be glued to, that is, to adhere to, to cleave, to join with his wife. All right? And the two shall become one flesh. All right. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 31. That's where we're coming from. And we, talk, we talked about indicators. Now we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. Family Amplified, once again, you all have fast fingers. It says, this mystery of two becoming one is great, but I am speaking with reference to the relationship of Christ and the church. I'm talking about the relation. God is talking about the relationship between Christ and the church. Now, I'm going to turn this into a class. What did Jesus do for the church? Come on, smart, speak to me. He died for the church. That's right. That's right, that's right, that's right. You're all good. So the relationship between Jesus and the church, um, Jesus died for the church, right? And so I'm going to ask you this question, though. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to show you more about this. So you all are right. Jesus died for the church. And a little later, we'll come back to this question about did he want to or not. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 25 says this, and this gives you more information. Husbands, do I have any husbands in the room? Amen. Raise your hand. Let me see the husbands. Lots of husbands in here. All right, great, great, great. Once again, we talked about the single side. Look for indicators because once you're in this, from our perspective, we're not jumping around, right? All right, y'all not ready for that one yet. For Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, if all the husbands say, that's me. That's Love your wives. Look, listen, I love the Amplified Version. Not just love her, listen to what it says in the brackets. Seek the highest good for her. Any females would like that? <laughs> Any women? I don't, yeah, say, say it loud. I like that. All right, all right, let's keep going. Time's getting away. Seek the highest good for her and surround her with a caring, unselfish love. Talking about that love again, that word love. Once again, that word love is agape. Just, just as, just as, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Here's the details. Jesus gave himself up for the church. And we talked about it. I asked you all the question a little early, and you all answered that Jesus died for the church. And so as a husband... If I want to do this the right way, if I want to obey God, if I want to excel in the, in the grace of, of marriage, I need to make sure I'm honoring the scripture. So we asked you all the question earlier. All right, so I'm asking you this question. How did Christ give himself up for the church? What specifically did Christ do? Y'all said he died. All right, he went to the cross for the church. Here's a deep question. Did he want to? Did he want to? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. We've got some murmuring in the room. I'm trying to give you all wisdom and revelation about how to do marriage the right way. Matthew chapter 26 verse 39 says this. Let me set it up just a little bit. So once again, on the night before he was to be um, arrested, Jesus pulls three of his disciples and he goes in a faraway place to pray. And he tells his other disciples to, to pray with him, all right? But then 
the, the scripture above this say he began to get sorrowful. We'll talk about what that means in just a moment. And verse 39 says, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, Amplified says, and after going a little further, he, talking about Jesus, fell down, fell face down, and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible that it's consistent with whose will? Your will. Talking about God's will. Let this cup pass from me. I'm starting with the men first because I want you all to see that sometime, sometimes emotionally we don't want to give up, up our, give up ourselves for our spouses. Anybody want to be honest in here? But Jesus himself had an emotional moment. Can I get Minister Johnny and Minister Dada to come up? Because I want you all to see, when we're talking about being joined to, I want to demonstrate this because I have to use them. Once again, I couldn't use glue up here because y'all know, y'all on social media. We can't use glue because glue can cause problems. <laughs> Please stand right here. They can get you. Next, right next to him. What I have in my hand is a, what do you call this? A tie. A bungee tie. A bungee cord. And I want you to first understand that this bungee cord is going to represent agape love. And when we decide to get married, I want you to hold one. Hold it with this hand right here. I want you to hold this with this hand. Okay. Of course, emotionally, on the wedding day, we tight. She came in. She lost weight before she got married. You know, I want to make, I'm not talking about you specifically, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I, these pictures going to live, going to last forever. I got to make sure I lose. I'm going on a Daniel fast. Then I'm going on the, uh, the, the lemonade fast. I'm losing all this weight for that one day and for that one man. And when he sees me naked for the first time, prayerfully, he's going to see all of God's glory in the right way. Agape love. We know in Scripture talks about the threefold core is not usually broken. But what happens in the life that we live right now, emotionally, we, the devil tries to separate us. Stop right there. Stop, stop, stop. I know it's black. You got to watch. You got to look closely. Online, make sure you're watching closely. He tries to separate us. He tries to get us to change from agape love to eros. Or, or, or that we're only erotically attracted to our spouse. He tries to get us to go from the God kind of love to only loving our spouse from a brotherly perspective, phileo. And so when the pressures of life come, make sure you hold it tight. You, and it, it stretches you. When COVID comes and tries to stretch you apart, when, when little Miss Dang at work tries to come around and turn his attention, don't go any further because I don't want her to let that thing go. I don't want to hurt you. But you don't imagine when all those pressures come, the enemy tries to separate. But the God kind of love, she calls them to snap back together. The God kind of love should cause you to snap back, to be tied with your spouse. Jesus himself, thank you all. Jesus himself had an emotional moment.
Jesus himself had an emotional moment. I love what Pastor Gregory says. He tells us, listen, we should not make decisions based on emotions. Your emotions will lie to you. Especially when you're in a heated moment. (laughs) When you're in a heated moment, it's best to just kind of get quiet. If you have a hot mouth, and you should know yourself, right? Low key, I got one too. All right. But it's important that we get quiet in those moments because we don't want to say something. One thing I've learned in marriage is I'm sorry doesn't fix all situations. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. If it flies out of your mouth, it's doing damage. And one, I'm sorry, and this is more for us as dudes, like we're trying to go like, I said I'm sorry, and she's still, she's still injured. So it's okay to be emotional. Listen, listen to what the, ver- the rest of the scripture says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 39. I'm going to start from the beginning again. It says, from the beginning again, and after going a little while, uh, a, little, a little while further, he fell face down and prayed saying, my father, it is in, it, if it is possible, if it is possible that this, consistent with your will, let this cup pass from me. And then listen to his next breath. It says, Yet now as I yet not as I will, but as your will. So even when we have that emotional moment, men, we should take a deep breath and then declare God's righteousness, God's goodness. Declare what God says about our relationship over that situation. You all following? Let's, let's keep going. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Man, that time is getting away from me. And so, oh, one more thing. Just because you have rocky times doesn't mean that you shouldn't be in the right relationship. I'm talking about marriage now. Rocky times are not, are not an indication that it's the wrong relationship. It's not. I, I think it's important for us to remember that, that everyone, every relationship goes through ebbs and flows. All relationships do. But what doesn't go through an ebb and flow should be your consistency in that relationship. You should still be consistent in that relationship. All right, I'm trying to get to verse 33. That's where I really want to go today. Galatians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33 from the Amplified Version says this. I'll give you a second to turn in. 533 Amplified says this. However, each man, once again, men say, who are? If you're online, oh, no, I'm not going to say that. Each man among you, notice what it says, without exception. You're talking about every man that's married, right? Without exception is to love, once again, we talk about his wife, as what? As his very own self. Notice what we have here. With behavior, worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. I personally feel that this scripture is the best representation of what God says we should do in marriage in all the Bible. In this translation, Notice the connection. Let's keep going. I'm going to stop there. Notice the connection between his words and his actions. I'll read it again. However, each man among you, without exception, is to love his wife, agape yo, his wife, as his very own self, with behavior. Notice, I can say that I love someone, but if my actions don't agree, there's a problem. Behavior. With behavior. Please leave the scripture on the screen. I want everyone to see it. With behavior, 
worthy of respect and esteem, with behavior worthy. If you have your own devices, read it. Look, look, at, it with, look at it with me. Love his own self with behavior worthy of respect and esteem. The second part says, always. Everybody say always. always. Oh, when she giving me some. I like what the pastor said last week. This is for grown folks, right? I mean, I, I wish I could tell you that marriage was, was for babies and for kids. It's not. I'm giving you the standard today. And once again, we talked about being exceptional. Here's the standard. I'm giving it to you. Always seeking the best for her. With an attitude of loving kindness. I got to keep going. Time's getting away from me. All right. So I've talked about the male side. And so I'm going to ask you all this question. How do I know how to treat her? Because all women are the same, right? How do I know how to treat her? Because every woman I've met is the same. Come on, women. The Bible tells us to dwell with them according to knowledge. So I must learn my wife. I highly recommend that you all take the five love language quiz and learn what you are and what your five love languages are and what your top. I, I, I tell people, try to make sure you meet the needs of their top two, especially the top two. Because that's how they receive love. If you dated someone who loves chocolate and flowers and you marry someone who doesn't love chocolate and flowers, stop buying a woman chocolate and flowers because she don't like them. <laughs> Women, let me hear you say amen. amen. Notice, <laughs> I, I, I'm having so much fun, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. With behavior, whether of respect and esteem. Always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness. Now let's go on the other side. And the wife. Women, all those who are married say, that's me. that's me. All right. And the wife must see to it, key words, that she respects and delights in any old man. Is that what it said? Oh, my bad. That she respects and delights in whose husband? Her husband. Yes, Lord. If you, oh my gosh. Y'all, stretch your hands towards me before I say this. If you come home, wife, singing the praises of a male at work, but you never sing your husband's praises, he is offended. If you never sing your husband's praises and he always hears you singing someone else's praises, even if you got to prophesy over that situation, we are faith people, right? Time is getting away. And the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him and prefers him and treats him with love and concern, treasuring his money. Oh, my bad. I got messed up. I'm playing, kind of, sort of, low-key, giving you scripture, helping to go down easy. Treat him. <laughs> treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. 
what I've noticed in counseling over 100 couples is this. Here's what I've noticed. That we want to give love the way that we receive love. So if I'm, if I'm motivated by physical touch, which is one of the five love languages, I only want to give that because that's how I receive it back. But if my spouse is not motivated by physical touch, then we have a problem. Right? And so the great thing about relying on the God kind of love is I can tap into the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, help me love Carol the way Christ loved the church. And so, Father, give me wisdom on how to give her love in her top love language. The only competition in our relationship should be who can outdo the other in giving the other person the love that they need in their love language. Single folks, this is why I talked about indicators. Because if you're dating someone who's not willing to sacrifice, you will have a problem when you get married because marriage will take sacrifice. Y'all saying amen. I hear it. I hear it. Can you show and demonstrate love when you don't feel like it? Didn't Jesus, think about this. Back in Genesis 1, when God said, let us make man in our likeness and in our image, Jesus was sitting right there. That's the us, right? And then later on when Adam and Eve fell and God began to prophesy and said, Eve's seed will bruise your head. I bet Jesus was like, who are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about me. I'm going to go down there? He didn't want to, y'all. When we don't want to give up for our spouse, we still must do that because that is what's required. Can I, can I, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for fresh wisdom. It was Jesus' sacrifice that unlocked the blessing. It is your sacrifice that unlocks the blessing in your relationship. Come on, I, mean, I really need y'all to get that. If I'm not willing to go further than I went yesterday, then I'm just deciding to, oh, I ain't doing that. Anybody, anybody doing that? What I've learned is when I try to pray, <laughs> I'm telling on myself, when I try to talk to God about her, God usually turns right around and says, what did you do? Yes, I pray for her in the spirits primarily. But I've learned in, in these 20 years that if I try to, Lord, look what your, look at, she's God's daughter, right? We've got to have the revelation too. I'm, mar- I'm married to God's daughter. If you're married, say, I am married to God's child. How are you treating God's child? I mean, this is so, I've learned so much about, I have three daughters. And uh, I'm not perfect. If they were here, they would tell you. Let me tell you what he did yesterday and the day before. And then he said, I'm not perfect. But one thing I've learned is having daughters, I now understand how, how much more important it is for me to treat her with love and respect, to treat her tenderly. Do I get it right all the time? Heck no. She, we could have a testimony service of all George's mistakes, and she would probably not tell you because she's very private. She's probably uncomfortable with me giving you all these things right now. But praise the Lord. (laughs) So it's so important that our words and actions agree. When I say, baby, I love you, then my actions should coordinate. 
What do I know what, how do I know what to do? Let me call up my sorority sister and ask her how to treat my husband. What? Let me call up my frat bro and ask him how to treat my wife. You calling up your sorority sister, she wanted to date him in, when y'all was in, in the, oh, Lord. She saw him first, and now you calling her, trying to get wisdom, and he just happened to step to you instead of her, and she ain't forgot that from 15, 20 years ago. Lord, help me. So, <laughs> in your relationships, your actions <laughs> and your words must agree. I, I, have a, I have a scripture for you. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, because now I think I've built the case already. I only have a couple minutes left. That it's important that we tap and, and we treat our, our spouses the right way. But how do I know how to treat them? Or I need to tap into the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 is not going to go on the screen, so you got to use your devices. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, from the Amplified. Galatians chapter 5, I'll give you a second to get there. 22 says this But the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit. Notice the capital S there. The fruit, of the, Holy, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the result of his presence within us. Say, God lives in me. God lives in me. Is love. Unselfish concern for others. Are y'all seeing it in your device? You see it, you see it, you see it. But the fruit of the Spirit the result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others. It's also joy. It's also um, inner peace, patience. You'll need patience in all your relationships. Am I, amen? Not the ability to wait. Oh, this is so good. But how we act while waiting. If you want to be more God-like, act in love, agapeo. If you want to be more ratchet, just do what you want to do. But I believe I'm surrounded by people who want to do things the right way. The right way is the way according to God's standard. I'm, I'm gonna go, God's standard is not the world standard. No, it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not. You won't hear about this on CNN. I'm not, on, on really any television station. Because God's standard is different. It's higher. It's higher. I'm not talking to those about any, any station. Joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. As the, as the uh, musicians begin to come, I want to ask you all today, in all of your relationships, are you tapping into the Holy Spirit? It's so important that we on a daily basis, whether we're married or not, we should be praying in the Holy Spirit. We should be confessing. We started this with a declaration. Uh, on Friday, we had our staff devotional, and I'll give Tyler a shout-out. She talked about confessions, and she talked about the importance of saying those things over your life. It's so important that we confess what we want to see. Some of us know that, and we've gotten away from it. But for the last year, what have you been saying about your household in COVID? What have you been saying? Are you saying you're lonely? Are you, are you saying you're broken? I'm not saying what, what we're saying from the pulpit. What are you saying? What are you saying? It's so important that we tap into the Holy Spirit. 
In order for me to tap into the Holy Spirit, I must first have received Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. So in this moment, I want to remind you all of what Jesus did for us. As I was mentioning earlier, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that the God said, let us make man in our likeness in our image. Once again, Jesus was a part of that us. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then later on, when Adam and Eve messed up, as I mentioned earlier, God began to prophesy about um, Eve's seed bruising Satan's head. So imagine you're Jesus, right? You're in heaven, and a thousand years go by, and you're watching mankind get more wicked and more out of control. But you remember the prophesy of God the Father saying, her seed shall bruise his head. So Jesus is sitting there asking, Lord, put me in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to go restore them. I'm ready. And then, of course, some things happen and Jesus was like, is it time now? God said, not yet. Then we went through all these years of darkness where God didn't speak on the earth. But then came Mary. And I'm sure Jesus was kind of getting an indication like, okay, Lord, I think it's time. And God said, Jesus, go ahead and go down. Jesus came, but even he knew that he would have to go to the cross for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, for you, and for me, for those watching online. He had to go through the cross. He had to sacrifice in order to make sure that you have the opportunity to go to heaven. The Romans had been crucifying people for hundreds of years before him. Crucifixion wasn't new. He knew what that was about, but yet he still went because he loved you so much. That process of being scourged for you, that process of being whipped for you, the process of, of the, the, the cat of nine tells, you've seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch The Passion for us so that we would have the opportunity to be in right fellowship with God. So right now, as you're in attitude of prayer, I want to ask you all a question. I know most of you all are saved, but we'll start with that. If you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you here in a little bit. There was an awesome price that was paid. God tells us in John chapter 3 that for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave, he willingly gave you a gift that you did not have to work for. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and receive Jesus as your personal and Savior. And then Jesus himself, we talked about the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew it was going to be a high price physically. Even on the cross, he said, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Because God had to turn his back in order to let him finish that process of, of that death. Amen. All to restore fellowship with us. We are, mankind is God's crowning creation. God wants to speak to you every day. That's why I say, if he died for it, I should have it. Not one part of that death, building, resurrection should we let go waste. So if you're in the room right now and you know that you've walked away from God, 
and you want to come back, if you want to restore your fellowship with him, I want to pray for you as well. If you're watching online and either one of those invitations are for you, I want to pray for you. Let's all stand right now in the room. The lamb is so worthy. Because of what Jesus did for us, we know we have access to heaven. That even if I don't receive God's blessing on this side, which I believe I will, I know I'll receive it on the other side. So in this moment, with all eyes closed, I want you to examine yourself. If you haven't received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, he's ready. He's already done his part. I want to pray for you right now. Maybe you're in the room and you've, you heard some information today that, that pricked your heart and, and you want to repent and you want to restore your relationship so that you can be a better husband, a better wife, a better son, a better daughter. God, his arms are wide open. He never stopped loving you. We have this new connect group called Connect Your Freedom where we talk about how God views you and how we should view God. Connect Your Freedom is where we get more information about this, but in this moment, God's not mad at you. He's waiting for you to come back to him. He's right where he stood when you left him. And he's saying, son and daughter, come back. So I want to take care of those two right now. And so let's all say this, after, say this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart now and save me now. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the son of God. So, dear Lord Jesus, take control. I willingly make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Hallelujah. If you're watching online right now, if you said that prayer with us, please text, get connected to the number on your screen so we can follow up with you. Listen, I know some people might be saying, I've done this before, but nothing, but nothing changed. Remember, let's not be led by our emotions. Something changed. But you need to get, you need to get connected and, and be a part of the, the pe people who can hold you accountable, who can help you walk this life out. We have about 45 connectors where people want to join with you. They want to help you walk through that. The next step after this is next steps class. We give you more information about this relationship with God. If you're in the room and you said that prayer for the very first time, um, oh, same thing. Text get connected to the number on your screen. Um, also, we have ministers who are available to pray with you as well. If you were in the room as well and, and you wanted to rededicate your life today, as I said, God's not mad at you. Once again, we're here for you. Did anyone pray, pray their prayer for the very first time in the room? I see you wave your hand. I'd love to. To put, we'd love to put something in your hand. Anyone rededicate your life today? Anybody make a decision to come back to Jesus today in the room? Don't be shy. We're not going to embarrass you. All right. But praise God. I praise God. Praise God. Let's just take a moment. Once again, let's just make sure we're, we're clear. All eyes, all, all eyes closed. Father, we love you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for what you did for us. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Father, glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Hallelujah. thankful for the Lamb of God? Anyone thankful? Yeah. Well, praise God. We all have had opportunity. Once again, if you made that decision, I'd love for you to text, text Get Connected to the number on your screen. We'd love to follow up with you and pray with you concerning any one of your prayer requests as well as the decision that you made today. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.